0: Oh! Mom! Hi guys, and welcome back to Give It To Me Straight, a talk show that your mother worked very hard on, so you're going to watch it and you're going to like it. Joining me on the show today is the pork chop queen of season 16, Miss Hershey LaCourgette. That's me. Welcome. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Yeah. (laughs) As I said, you were the pork chop queen of season 16. but. In your mind, whenever you got the call for Drag Race, you're going to the show, like, how did you think you were going to do compared to the, the the incident that we saw?
1: <laughs> Honestly, I didn't think I was getting on the show. I sent in a tape just for the hell of it. Mm-hmm. I just sent them the tape just so they could have one.
0: I think you said on the Hay Queen interview that you actually put in, like, less effort into this tape than you did on the ones prior.
1: Yes. Yeah. Like, I just kind of threw it together just Mm -hmm. like here's something this is what i do this is who i am this is what i look like good luck yeah and then when you know you go through a couple of rounds of the call and they kept Mm -hmm. calling me so the more calls i got i was like um <laughs> oh shit
0: <laughs> like you put in the taco bell job application with just your name and your availability you didn't put your work history your skills or anything not even my credit and score and you still got the call they
1: said you know what you
0: yeah <laughs>
1: i don't know if that's a good or a bad thing but yeah now that i know my placement
0: <laughs> you're like oh mm, yeah, now it makes sense you realize now the role that you auditioned for <laughs> yeah you know hindsight <laughs> it's 2020 But whenever you're on the show, uh, like once you finally got the call, you're on the show, like how far did you think you were going to go realistically once you're in there looking at all the girls, gauging the competition?
1: Um, I knew I ran the risk of like it being either or. So, I knew if this was going to be a fashion-heavy season, mm-hmm. I'm not a fashion girl. I, I I take other people's outfits and make them look good on me. Okay. So, the, if it was fashion-heavy, I knew I was going to be in trouble. But if it was performance, all I needed was maybe one or two good performance challenges. Mm-hmm. And I would have annihilated all of those girls, which, ironically, two of the performance challenges came immediately after I went home.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's a, you go to the show and you think you're going to do great with you know the skill set that you have, but then design challenges pop up and kind of screw you over like literally and I and, and i don't
1: think people realize sewing and designing are two different things designing is a talent
0: yeah so yeah for the record a lot of people they try to read me and they're like the look i went home on they're like oh maybe next time i should learn how to sew i know how to sew I, I just know don't know how, how to design. To exactly. Because
1: yeah. I designed a perfect, like my blouse, I sold the whole blouse. Mm-hmm. It was a lovely stitch blouse. Even Raja said that the blouse was well designed and nothing else was out of place. I yeah. designed the outfit because I put my little print in
0: the pockets. I was proud of those pockets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's like your your drag, it's like TJ Maxx, you know? It's, it's Nordstrom yeah, Rack. Yeah. The seams are done. It's hemmed kind of. And it's a great bargain. <laughs> bargain is a stretch. <laughs> is it a uh, is it true though that you got your car repossessed going to drag race? I so repossession is a strong word. Repossession okay. assumes that I
1: like couldn't afford it. I just simply decided to stop paying for it. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was either you pay for this car and you struggle a little bit more mm-hmm. or you just take what little money that you can pull together and get on the show. And yeah. the way I saw it was this is an opportunity that literally thousands of girls every year are waiting for. I cannot pass this up. So whatever I have to do just to be seen, I'm gonna have to make it work. So I've had like that was my like fifth or sixth car over a lifetime. I can get another car. Mm-hmm. So come and take this car back.
0: Yeah, you're like I'll come. I'll come back after the show. Get me a PT Cruiser and be fine. Like, it would be just, okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and y'all can stop calling me and ask me for that money too because you have the car. Sell it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> The <laughs> so RFI. What do you want? For, you already got the car. What sell do you want? Car. What's the problem? Yeah. What the problem is? What other concessions did you have to make to get to the show and get a package together that was good enough to your standards?
1: Um, I also. I don't think people realize like we're also away from home, mm-hmm. so that means like drag is full time for me. So I'm away from home. I'm not working. I have kids, and everything is on my partner. So, I had to not only did I have to let them take my car, Mm -hmm. I had to save up for the two months of rent that we were going to be gone because I didn't have the money for that. So, like, That's another element of it. Then I was taking care of another cousin at the time. He was a teenager. There was another element of it. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't just have to have the looks. We also have to have the side challenges and extra wigs for those, Mm -hmm. extra shoes for those. I don't think people really realize how much money we're actually spending to be a part of this experience. And that number, like, it racks up really fast. Mm -hmm. And I'm just now learning, actually, that people Mm -hmm. think that... um, we already have those outfits in our closets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not how this show to, works. To be
0: fair, some queens they do, and they just try to make it work. So I think a uh, silky is a queen that talked about how when she was getting ready for Drag Race, mm-hmm. everything she brought to the show is what she already had in the closet, and you know, oh, just kind of tweaking stuff. You know, yeah. well, I mean, we saw what she wore, though. So blessings? Question mark. <laughs> but you know, it's it's a, some you know you got some stuff you can tweak because you have to financially. Yes. You know, you know some, some queens they get custom garments for every runway, but that's not. I'm not that that's, girl. That's not like, an option for everybody. I'm a
1: leotard and
0: boots girl at my show. So when mm-hmm. they said,
1: yeah, we need you to come up with a look for Mother Goose, who the hell is sitting around with a Mother Goose look in their closet? I don't mm. have it.
0: No. <laughs> I think it's a little easier for, um, I don't know if you could say easier. I was going to say for queens that have like just do general dance costumes and vague outfits, but then again it doesn't help you on the runway like you might have an outfit but you know you're not going to win the runway for it exactly yeah. and that's what everybody is watching for insert all the vegas queens here it's- <laughs> just for the record i wouldn't say anything i wouldn't say to their face so you know
1: that, that's none of my business yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> she said
0: <laughs> you know you're a church lady you don't gossip I'm you know sorry. you just yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it's especially difficult for you though because on top of getting everything ready you also had like children to take care of yes and as we were talking earlier diapers ain't cheap <laughs> fifty
1: dollars a box yeah fifty dollars a box and they don't give you many in that box either mm
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> And so you're you're going to drag race thing, and you're going to be gone for a couple months. You know, that's a few boxes you got to stockpile and be ready. So, yes. basically the car payment that you forwent went to like three boxes of diapers. And the rent, we ain't even getting to the drag race package yet. Oh yeah, <laughs> especially the rent. I, I cannot imagine living in LA with kids on like a drag queen salary. It's not much at all. Like, uh, l- you've got them being I'm very
1: lucky because my partner actually works in tech. And he's I don't want to use the word lower tier, but he's like he makes pretty good money, but he's you know he's on the lower end mm-hmm. of what they make in tech, so like it ain't like cashing us out or anything like that, so like both of us were making a lot of sacrifices for this to work for me mm-hmm. um, and I just really hate that people feel like I really hate that the 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 thought is I didn't do enough to get ready for this show when I literally yeah. sacrificed everything. To be a part of this experience i hate that that's the thought but i mean when I mean, you don't know what you're talking about you don't know what you're talking
0: about <laughs> yeah, So people like uh who was i talking to recently i was talking to somebody about how like a lot of people can't fathom being poor they think they know but yeah unless you've actually been poor you don't know <laughs> i don't think people realize not only being poor but how poor people can
1: actually get mm-hmm. and i think after people get on drag race and they see like this is a very big opportunity for a lot of us. And I think they see that side of everything, like after it's all over, but it's a whole bunch of regular working girls. I was one of them myself, mm. where those tips mean if we eat or not that week, mm. Those tips mean if I got money to some, a lot of us ain't got no car, I ain't got no car. So those tips mean if, am I getting home or am mm. I not getting home? Like some girls are literally working just to survive. And, I really think that part of drag is not appreciated enough, like how much we really sacrifice and how much we really work because we love what we do, yeah. not because we're just putting on makeup and trying to play pretend.
0: Yeah. And it's hard too, because like you come from whatever situation you come from, you go to Drag Race and everyone is compared evenly across the board. Yeah. You know? um, but- now everyone starts off on the same foot going to Drag Race. At and all. Again, like I said, like, and no shade to the people that go there with amazing garments. You know, it's like a lot of networking. Like, you worked and you, you know, If do, you got it, you got it. Yeah, I you never, got it, you got I'm, it. But yeah. it is difficult when you're on the show and you're scraping together. you package made with Joanne coupons and a dream. And someone else <laughs> has stuff made, at $3,000 garments made by designers exactly. for every runway.
1: You <laughs> just never, like, and I knew what I was getting into when I went there. So I'm not, um, I think... The people online which was, was trying to make me bitter mm. i wasn't bitter about anything that happened yeah. i knew what i risked i knew what i sacrificed i knew what i was going in there and getting into i knew very well when i get here these girls might have four five six seven eight connections and they might have this much money and their outfits might look like this but i knew what i had and i knew what i brought mm. um frankly and i can say this with you know my whole chest That, like, I feel like I was one of the more legendary pork chops that came across the season. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do feel that way. I was one of the the more legendary pork chops that came across the season. You you just have to roll with the punches and take what you can get. I was just happy for the opportunity. And now a whole bunch of people see me now. Um, And hopefully that keeps me at work.
0: (laughs) So to summarize, you are the best pork chop queen in the Drag Race franchise. You're in here first.
1: I would put me in the, let me see. I'll put me in the top four. Top four?
0: Yeah. Who, which, which pork chop queens do you think are, would do better than you? Would do better than me? Yeah.
1: I mean, we got to throw Shangela and Vangie in there just off bat because it's Shangela and Vangie. They're yeah. the only two that got the opportunity to hit reset. So they're in there off bat. If I had to pick another pork chop that was ahead of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let me try to remember some of these gals first. um, That's the read right there. So season eight, there's kind of a battle between, no, actually I take that back. You know who don't get her dude, who's a really good pork chop, who didn't get, we didn't see enough of, Tempest jour, who was actually another parent on the show. Mm -hmm. I think she had some really solid polished drag that we did not get to see. Mm. And she was robbed because of that, uh, whatever that first challenge was, that first runway was so insane. Mm -hmm. Like naked, we drag queens. What were we doing with that? Yeah. That was a weird one. That was a weird one. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we were robbed of what Tempest Du Jour had to, like, offer.
0: Yeah. So
1: I put her in my top four.
0: You don't, you don't think you're just biased just because she's another parent?
1: Absolutely. Uh, we have... Well, y'all... I mean, we, like... And this is not to take away from other girls, but, like... We have a little bit more writing on what mm. this means for us. Like, I'm not just working for me now. I'm working to take care. Like, I know everybody says, them kids, and you decide to have kids, and all that, blah, 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 And it sounds really cute saying it out loud, but mm. somebody got to take care of children. Like, right. somebody
0: has to raise kids. So- someone has to walk them through nature. And unfor-
1: yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, like, it's a little harder for parents, especially mm. in this political climate, the economy it's very hard so we yeah I am a little bit biased because like we should get like they should cheat for us a little bit just for the fact we got kids hmm
0: you should get a little bonus you know
1: just a little push
0: yeah the government can give you a little bit extra money each year drag race can give you a little extra credit it's all just, I'm asking it is what for it is. you know
1: I should have got a Hershey you know what we'll, we'll let you mm-hmm. try one more time
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh, speaking of pork chop queens though Is there any tension between you and June ever since you stole her exit line? (laughs) Is there some contention between you two?
1: (laughs) That lady texted me and said, these people are mad at you. And I said, what are they mad at me about? They said, you stole her line. And I said, do they not know that like... Twelve other people said that line when they left too. You said that line when you left, so it's like I don't know about they're trying. It was like there were there was layers mm-hmm. to what I said. Like it was a reference to fourteen. My mm-hmm. sister was on season fourteen. My name is Hershey. I was leaving first. Like it was just layers. I'm just a genius. I'm sorry.
0: It, it wasn't like anything <laughs> personal. It's just you're pay, you're playing 3D chess. They're playing checkers. Like exactly. they're just not on your level. So yeah. There's
1: it's so far. There's been no better exit line than mine this season.
0: But as we mentioned, you are a parent. Uh, For those that don't know and have been keeping up, like how did you come into parenthood?
1: Oh, accident. So (laughs) it was literally, actually, I remember the whole, with what we were doing today. Me and my boyfriend were taking a shower. And I don't know why he decided to spring it on me then, but he asked me, how do you feel about becoming a parent? And I said, hi. And so he went through the whole spiel. He told me about his sister and what she was going through and that, Um, His name is Pharaoh. Pharaoh is Mm -hmm. in the system and he just doesn't feel right having Pharaoh lost to the system. So he wants to be his dad. And I said, okay, well, yeah, do your thing, girl. I'm not going to stop you. (laughs) He said, no, I want you to be his dad, too. I said, huh? His dad, too? Um, I'm not gonna lie to you. It took me a couple of months to get to that yes, because mm. around that time I was on another reality show and my drag like career. I had finally started doing drag just by itself. Like I didn't mm. have to work a regular job. Yeah. I could just do drag. So I didn't know what that was gonna look like for me. Like being a parent, I'm already. I'm barely making twenty dollars here and there. And now that's my twenty. We talked about we peppers. Yeah. Now that's my twenty dollars is gone. We want kids.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But the more I thought about it to be completely honest and frank like I was not ready to leave him I don't want to leave him now and it was like this is one of those things for me where it's like thick and thin this is your partner mm-hmm. what are you going to do girl so I was like girl I guess I'm going to have to
0: you were tested be somebody daddy <laughs> yeah you were tested
1: very hard, yeah, <laughs> real bad. W-
0: was drag something that the kids knew you did from the beginning, or is it something you had to introduce them to? Because obviously you can't hide it now. You know they see te- television, and people probably bring you up to them at school. Yes, their teachers watch it at
1: school. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think anybody necessarily brings it up to them, but it's not something I ever tried to hide either. Um, I had gotten past that phase in my life uh, where drag was something I needed to put behind me. Before mm-hmm. I even started talking to my partner, I was yeah. like, I made it clear on the first day, "Hey, girl." you know, sometimes I serve a little cut for work. How you feel about that? Mm-hmm. And when he said, I your, don't
0: care. Your full- like Robin Fierce said the Best Buy. <laughs> I,
1: I, I, I. No, I was never that bold. I wasn't no. going to drag. Or- drag is strictly work for me. When the girls get all and in, in, in geese just to go mm-hmm. to work or like go out to eat, I don't know how they do that, but that's not my journey. This is, just, if I'm not getting like one or $2, six or seven, eight, nine or 10, mm-hmm. I'm not putting all this on. This is no, hot. It's not your church. No, no, not at all. It's not even my uh, mm-hmm. like cup of
0: water. So the kids, that they knew you were doing drag, like from the from the jump, like from the from beginning. From jump,
1: yeah. He knows it as both of them now. They know it as work. Mm-hmm. And I, every time I put my, my all my stuff on, they go, "You going to work?" I'm be like, "Yes, Daddy's going to work." Okay, when are you coming home? Because I'm hungry.
0: And that—that's all that matters, really. They don't it's, it's care like, about it. It's them. ask now what you can do for your drag queen dad. Ask what your drag queen dad can do, can do for, for you. you. Yeah,
1: and as long as I'm giving them Pampers and some and what is it? They, they new cereal now is Fruit Loops. Mm. Pampers and Fruit Loops—they good. Where I messed up is I—I married into a tall family <laughs> because these kids are growing out of their clothes every five minutes. Oh damn! Some more money. <laughs>
0: But aside from, like, things like that, what are some of the lesser-known kind of struggles you experience as a, a drag queen that is also a parent?
1: Like, um, I know we're all tired, but I don't think people realize how tired I actually am. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't—there's there's no stopping or there's no pause or breaks for me. Like,
0: because mm-hmm. like, you work late at night and the kids are up early in the morning. Is
1: that they have to go to daycare every morning. Mm-hmm. We're sharing a car now, so I take my boyfriend to work here and there. Mm-hmm. There's, like— When I get home from, like, how I'm going out of town here and there now, the second I walk back into my door, I don't get to decompress, so to speak, because he's had them for four days. So now I want to take off, you know, take some of the slack from him. So it's immediately into daddy mode the second I get off the plane. So it's just never any pause or break time. Like, I'm on all the time.
0: Yeah. I think it's cool, though, that even though you are, like, a a nightlife performer, that you still find time to spend with your kids, which... Yeah. It, it probably is easier since you're not that booked, but the, the fact that you're able to you know, find <laughs> these opportunities. But I want to talk a little bit about you whenever you were younger, because mm-hmm. it was actually uh, Tyler Perry plays, which kind of really drew you in to performing from a young age. Yes. And for the anyone watching, the plays are better than the movies. Y'all can fight me on that. The plays,
1: 2008 prior, are better mm. than the movies. Everything yeah. after 2008, Tyler, I don't <laughs> mm.
0: Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I can do bad all by myself. Medea goes to jail, like that era. Place that, that era was really solid. I
1: don't mm. know if it was the money. We need to get, we need to get broke. Tyler Perry back. Right. We need poor Tyler <laughs> when Perry when he was back.
0: doing Medea for his life. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: Cause now he just do it cause he bored. Mm-hmm. I need like struggle Tyler Perry back. So yeah. I need that hunger back in his writing. Yeah, it's
0: just, it's not the same. now. Medea is just sitting in a mansion kicking her little feet up with some Louis Vuitton flip flops. It's not the same anymore. It's
1: not. it's not. She's mad every five seconds. And yeah. like, who is really her family? Because this, I need that storyline. I need her like family timeline explained. Cause she got so many kids. Mm-hmm. And so many nieces and nephews, I'm yeah. sorry, I'm going off on a tangent. We, we, yeah
0: we'll we'll have I'm a separate sorry. video where we break down the Tyler Perry lore. I we'll, apologize that yeah. just it, I went somewhere else. No, it's I understand <laughs> yeah it's it, it keeps me up at night too I'm, I'm right there with you What was it about like the Tyler Perry plays that really like drew you into performing? I
1: just always been a creative little kid. Like I love writing. um I love making up stories. I love being in a different fantasy and mm-hmm. di- in a different fantasy bubble. And Tyler Perry was the first time I saw somebody just like create something from scratch and gave you something to watch and gave you a brand new story and a new scene. Also, at the time, I grew up in a Bible belt. I grew up, I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. So mm-hmm. like it went with church. I was already a little homo. So it was like, this was like my soft step into like being a girl. So it was like, I can, if I just put a little guy behind it, everybody will be fine.
0: Yeah. You were just like, Throwing on little wigs in the basement, making your own like little plays and stuff, right? Yes, yeah,
1: all, all the time. My mama mm. hated
0: it. <laughs> I was gonna ask like what her reaction was because obviously you can justify it by being like, oh well, Tyler Perry's doing it. I'm just like Tyler Perry. But obviously with you, there was a little more behind it.
1: That like that excuse ran its course, and she was tired of hearing about Tyler Perry. She mm-hmm. was like, no, why are you putting on these damn wigs? What is ha- what is happening with mm-hmm. this? Because this ain't cute. No, she didn't like it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but like from like the little plays you were doing, the little parody songs you made, and at one point you even directed like a gospel choir. Yes. So, multiple
1: uh, like tw- I think
0: like at the max twelve, mm-hmm. I was in my high school gospel choir.
1: There were like four or five choirs I was in like outside of school, mm-hmm. multiple church choirs. like I was in like I was in church. I was a church cigarette. Not church cigarette. I, I got it. I got it.
0: I got it. Uh, but it seems like you always were drawn to music. Is music something, an avenue that you wanted to go down? Or has it always just been like an extension of your drag?
1: No. It, it actually, it was supposed to be music at first. I auditioned for American Idol three times. Um, oh, I did damn. X Factor twice. Um, and there was something else after that. I did another show too, and I can't think of it right now. But yeah, music w- used to be first, but um, I kind of let the church like beat that out of me. So like, people can hear that I can sing. Mm-hmm. Like I'll hum a little something here and there, and people like sing for it. I'm like <laughs> uh, no, trauma's behind that. I don't mm-hmm. want to.
0: <laughs> so something like that, like going on a Drag Race, doing like a talent show. Why didn't you actually do like actual singing instead of just like rapping?
1: I am. Have- super harsh on myself mm-hmm. and that was another problem with being part of this show like i beat the hell out of myself when it comes to like how i critique myself how i judge myself like i can't even watch the episodes like a drag race because of how hard i like go at myself and singing was just one of those things i let some i let people take from me and i'm still trying to like yeah. find it again if that
0: makes sense yeah well honestly it's like a blessing then that there's not too many episodes that you have to relive so. absolutely that, because really i was yeah. going through it yeah right?
1: yeah yeah <laughs> As a yeah. matter of fact, whiplash is hard to watch because that wig, like the people, I was, I was standing my <laughs> so ground. Because that wig was the whiplash. It's, it's, it's. I mean, it
0: wasn't enough to whip or lash. Like mm. it was very flat. But on top of being flat, it is also a great deal on Amazon. So get, <laughs> get yours today. Forty dollars. <laughs> oh, you pay forty?
1: Yeah. Oh, you
0: better update your Prime. <laughs> yeah, Yo, you <price> refresh that link.
1: <laughs> if you comb it out a little bit, it'll get volume. I just forgot to comb it out.
0: It gets volume. You left it on mute though. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, you know. I
1: left it on like.
0: Of on three, yeah. yeah. Like just loud enough where you can hear it, but not loud enough to wake your mom it's up. It's like, what is that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but with with your drag character of Hershey, you've said before like that your drag character isn't a woman, but it's actually a boy dressing in his aunt's clothing. Is that still who your drag character is now or has it changed since then? I don't
1: who my drag character is now. I kind of been lying about that for a while, because I say she's an auntie. Like, it goes back and forth. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's a boy dressed in girls' clothing, but now it's Lena more towards like, auntie. I would say I'm a glamorous auntie. Um, Everybody knows, I say, I drive the Nissan Altima, the number 70 bus downtown in Los Angeles. I got three kids and a gold tooth.
0: I was going to say, because, like, you you talked before about how your drag character wasn't a woman, but just a boy playing his aunt's clothing, but then, like, looking at your drag now, like, this is giving a lot more woman than, like, what you said your drag character was. So I was curious, like, where you were in the journey of your drag character.
1: I think drag, being part of Drag Race, I, because I was so focused on just performing and just making money, uh, just trying to survive when it came to, like, living in L.A., being in Drag Race and seeing people like Nymphia, seeing people like Sephira, seeing people like Plasma, it made me, like, Mugabe too. Like, it made me look at drag overall differently and how far I can actually go. I don't mm-hmm. think I was giving my creative mind enough, like what's the word I'm looking for, enough room to stretch his legs. Mm-hmm. Because for a lot of us to be frank with you, especially if you're a working girl in LA, you're all, all you're thinking about is your, your next gig, your next working gig. When is mm-hmm. the next performance? Okay, what number am I doing? You don't have time to think about like buying some thousand dollar expensive gown to perform in. Because like, they don't appreciate that shit. What am I spending that money for? <laughs> if they about to give me $20 back, they don't appreciate that. Yeah. But no, being around that type of talent in that room like really made me push and like go, girl, spend that spend that extra dollar. Mm-hmm. You might not have that $300 for that wig, but just spend it anyway and just hope for the best.
0: Yeah. Like, just let them, re- <laughs> let them repossess the other car. we will fine. We'll I figure it out. i to get on
1: Drag Race. You know yeah. what? Just hope for the
0: best. Yeah, the kids can go all, go without Fruit Loops for a little while. It'll be fine. It'd be yeah, right. just you know? generic brand. So would you say that like who your drag character is and who it's going to be has been kind of shifted ever since being on the show?
1: I would say not shifted, but more so made me realize what my drag was always supposed to be. Mm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I've changed my thoughts on how I wanted to look or how I see myself. I just never pushed past on, it doesn't have to stay here. You can elevate beyond this. Mm -hmm. Why not make higher hair? Why not pay more for hair? Why not put on nails? Girl, how about like some different lashes? Mm -hmm. Like really like updating myself. Like I put myself in a box somewhere during my time in LA, and I don't know when that was, but being on Drag Race really made me look at myself and go, no, I need to go a little bit farther than this, because I'm better than this.
0: Yeah. yeah. How would you say, though, that your drag character now is different from Miss... Miss Miss Dantantilis Asha Smith.
1: Oh my God! Oh, this bitch has got me through some stuff, child. We were going through some things at this time. I think she
0: also put you through some stuff. But. She
1: has. No. Why? How am I different from this girl? First of all, I'm not getting my wigs from Party City no more.
0: No, Amazon, <laughs> as we discussed. Yeah, Ama-
1: <laughs> Amazon. Um, I cut my beard. I put on nails now. Mm. No, actually, I owe a lot to Miss Dawn Delicious Asia Smith because mm-hmm. this this effort saved me from so much, like I would go in my basement and just sit in my basement all day and make videos. And I wish I could mash my drag now up with a little bit of her then. Not maybe this look, mm-hmm. but with a little bit with of- With the energy. The energy, because yeah. I was, I I just never thought about what I was doing. I would just fucking do it. Mm-hmm. I, I used to have so much fun in this damn basement. Yeah,
0: I, you made like so many like parodies and skits, and I, like it was very reminiscent of like that early YouTube era. Yes. and I was wondering if that was part of the draw between like you and Cornbread because it's very similar to like what Cornbread was doing with like Brandon Rogers. But yeah, like you, you let this whole era behind, but like wh- why, yeah. don't, why don't you just like continue down this like make more?
1: Frankly, I would have to find a better balance for it mm. because what happened with this is um, <clears throat> it turned into like a lot of. Uh, a lot of black men started doing this mm. and they weren't queer and it became more of mocking black women and making fun of them mm. as opposed to just being funny it was it just stopped being funny um for them and for me mm. and i'd never want to be put in that box where i'm like you know trying to drag black women in any shape form or fashion that's not that's not what I do this for. Mm. And Don Tonalicious and it it became a caricature. It became a aggressive stereotype. It just, it just, it ran its course and it wasn't necessary any, anymore. And I think that's what makes it hard to go back to this because I don't I can't find that that line where it's like I'm doing drag or I'm just being a parody. Mm-hmm. This is just, a, this is, Downtown Delicious, I tell people all the time, Downtown Delicious died a long time ago. She helped me, she did what she was supposed mm-hmm. to do at the time, but she's she's mm-hmm. she's gone.
0: She could have a resurgence, a changed, you know, better, updated. No, pra- I keep getting told
1: that she, I kept getting told she needed My first time in drag, somebody told me, uh, I remember this queen, it was a club called Novak's in St. Louis, Missouri, and I went to the club as Don Delicious and I told them that's my name, I did the whole pageant as Don Delicious and they said, girl, if you want us to take you seriously, if you want to really do drag, mm-hmm. this shit that you're doing, all that that mm-hmm. has to go.
0: <laughs> Was that the the pageant that you did in st louis that you quit drag for four years afterwards because you got yes. humbled so hard yes walk us through that night I, so i'm really curious the entire it, night it, it had to have been a hell of a humbling for you to quit drag for four years
1: oh baby <laughs> this is a run. yeah so Novax was a club i went to all the time mm. and they put up a flyer on facebook saying we have i can put this down we because i'm
0: holding it up this, oh yeah this is who i used to be <laughs> what would you say to little no <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, Novex was a uh, club I went to all the time. They were having um, a pageant and you won $500 and you also got to be part of the Pride Parade float, if I'm not wrong. This is like 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like semi-popular in St. Louis for Dawn Talk Delicious. So in my mind, I can do that for a drag pageant. That's easy money. I invited everybody I knew, everybody from work, all of my friends, some of my family, like, I know at least twenty to twenty five people were in that room just for me. Mm-hmm. So I stole my sister prom dress. I went to this uh, in what is it called? Not In and Out. Uh, out the closet. I brought some little ugly shoes. Like mm-hmm. I said, I'm about to do this. I got went to the drugstore. I called it the drugstore, it's, uh, because it was just a really like ghetto uh, <laughs> beauty supply. Went there, got this little terrible eye palette, uh, eye palette, uh, eye, eye palette, eyeshadow palette. I go into the uh, pageant and walk into the room, and mm-hmm. when I tell you, every drag queen had an assistant, and they had their mirrors, mm-hmm. and they're having somebody beat their face while you do this, la, 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 la.
0: And you had a single bag.
1: I, not even a bag. I had to dress over my arm like this, and I a palette in my hand like this. <laughs> I was gonna do the makeup with my hand. And I just froze. Like I remember looking at all of them, and mm-hmm. they were looking at me like, ooh. And I just turned around, and I, like, I ran to the bathroom. So this queen came in um, and she looked at me. I really wish I could remember her name to this day, but I do not, I feel terrible for it. But she looked at me uh, crying in the bathroom. She said, oh honey, what is wrong? So I'm crying So I'm like, you all are so beautiful and all I got is this.
0: Stupid. You were literally Chi-Chi in two months. I was months literally through.
1: Chi-Chi, yeah. So you guys are just so beautiful. Yeah, I just, I don't know what I'm doing. and mm. I just got this. I just, this is all I got and I don't know what to do. And I got all these people coming. This was before cell phones were like that. So I couldn't call all these people and tell them, you know what, never mind. Mm-hmm. So I'm stuck. So I, uh, she said, okay, calm down because you're doing too much. Come back into the room, girl. So she brought me back into the room um, and she told literally everybody in the room what was going on. Literally every queen in the pageant gave me something. I remember one queen giving me some jewelry. She said, put my shit back, but here's some jewelry for you to use. Another queen did my makeup, like literally had me sit down. She did my makeup for me while doing hers. Another one gave me an outfit to use during my like dance performance and all of that. All of them gave me something mm-hmm. and I ended up placing a third, like I placed over some of them. <laughs> but that was like my introduction to drag like Mm -hmm. full of love and just support and help but But for whatever reason at the end of that night I was like this shit is too much I'm never doing none of this again I didn't have nails on it that night either so I don't know how I placed higher than anybody but yeah no I said this is too much I'm not doing this no more damn
0: you said people came out for you. Did any, like, family members come out? Like, your mom go out there supporting you? No, them? just some
1: cu- No, this was, no, my mom was not ready for that yet. Not yet? I don't, not then. No, she was not <laughs>
0: there yet. No,
1: just a couple of cousins.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it true that you came out to your mom via text on accident?
1: Yes. I was working at Goodwill in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. She was about to get married to this man, and I had just made up in my mind that she just had to know. I don't know. I can't remember what. I think it was, so my best friend Rico, his husband was getting ready to come out to his family. So me and the husband kind of made a pact to each other. If you come out, I'll come out. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, okay, let's do it. So I was typing the the letter up at work just for practice. Like I just need to get out everything Mm that I was gonna say.
0: It's bold of you to type that in with her name in the send list instead of just a draft, like a blank draft. And this
1: is when texts would come in and and like, like, they'll send you the text and they'll come in as one, Text two, text three, like it didn't mm-hmm. come in just one draft. So, yeah. I like, made a ten-page dissertation thing just saying everything. Yeah. And then I just remember my manager yelling my name or something like that. I had to rush and, like, as I'm closing my phone, it was a flip phone. As I'm closing my phone, I hit the send button and said. And she didn't reply, and that's not my mom. Like, whenever I call or text my mama, I always, to this day, I always get an immediate reply. She did not answer me the rest of the day. I was panicked.
0: (laughs) I'm just imagining the cartoon is just like you know how anime
1: when like they have glasses on or something, and their glasses turn white when they do something silly, yeah, or like the room is black around them, and the camera like slowly pans out. That's
0: you in a Goodwill. That's
1: was me sitting in the middle of Goodwill (laughs) in this apron, just like.
0: Then you had to go back to your shift. I had to work the
1: rest of the damn shift. (laughs) Pressed. And nobody knew why. I said, I just.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You were just this hollow,
0: like, husk of a Goodwill employee. just
1: Somebody help. Yeah. (laughs) Somebody help. And so I I made up in my mind. I said, you know what she's going to do? She's going to call me back. And she's going to disinvite me to a wedding. And I'm just not going to have any contact with my family ever again. And I just need to be prepared for that. I just made it up in my mind I was just never gonna talk to family again. And she pissed me off because she took call- she had the nerve to call me back and say, you know what, I love you and I accept you and all that other bullshit. I was like, girl, I'm prepared for trauma. What is this acceptance? Mm-hmm. Excuse me?
0: Like, <laughs> I like, I like once you hit sin, you were fully prepared. Like, okay, so I'm gonna leave town, I'm gonna change my name, I'm gonna. I had
1: already left. So this was when I was in Atlanta, I'm okay. not in St. Louis. So, like, it was easier to yeah. accept that I just was never gonna see any of my family again.
0: You were prepared to go full witness protection.
1: Not even like, you know, back in the other cartoons where they would have the little stick and the little, all they stuff in the little bag. Like, that's Oh, how yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm just never going to see any mm. of you ever again.
0: <laughs> Whatever you came out to your mom, did you come out uh, as gay or bisexual? Because you said in, like, in 2013, you said somewhere that you were bisexual. Is that still the case? Or at some point? No, I was
1: definitely lying to people saying I was bisexual. Okay, uh, okay. No, I didn't tell, no, I told her I was a whole homo. But, like, I was definitely lying to people. It, ma- it made me feel better to say bisexual. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, uh, for a lot of gay people, it's it like, just like our, like...
0: It softens it a little. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's like your coffee.
0: In, in that same like thread, though, you also said that when someone asked if you eat booty, you said you would never. Do you still stand by that, or was that also a lie? I stand
1: directly by that. Th- uh, no, my partner is a Puerto Rican and black man, and so he has a lot of hair on his body. Okay. I don't believe in putting my tongue on that.
0: Okay, he's got like a butthole, like a Brillo pad. But listen, okay, it's
1: it's like that wig up there. <laughs>
0: You leave her alone. <laughs> She's been through enough. It's that wig up there. No, no, thank you. I'm okay. So, like, all the stuff you've been through, you still won't eat booty? No, no. I suck a little pain, but I'm not
1: going. No, I'm not putting my mouth back there. I just don't believe in that.
0: That's fair. <laughs> we, all, we all have our limits, you know. And that's definitely we mine. all. We all have our line in the sand. You yeah, know? I, that's, that's yours. No,
1: that's not like I drew that in the concrete mm-hmm. and let it dry.
0: Yeah so don't don't let uh hopefully diabetty doesn't watch this interview because you know she is a a strong proponent for the the eating of booty
1: well you listen you eat enough for me and you
0: yeah get seconds (laughs) get you you another (laughs) plate because get another
1: one get one for me yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) but before doing drag in la like i said you did a pageant in st louis but you really started your drag career in atlanta yes And as someone that was involved in pageantry, I can definitely attest that a lot of really good drag comes out of Atlanta. Yes. But how did the Atlanta scene differ from the L.A. scene for you?
1: Uh, For me personally, I got a lot of the support that I was looking for in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Um, They beat my ass. I remember (laughs) there was this queen. Her name is Monica Van Pelt. And she was the first queen in Atlanta to give me an opportunity to perform on a stage. She's not with us anymore, but she gave me the first opportunity to perform at this club called uh, Burkharts. It's not Burkharts anymore, but it was Burkharts at the time. Um, And after that, they would reach you. Like, it wasn't a soft blow. It was like, you need to get this shit together before you get on our stage. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember one queen in particular, another queen, I can't remember her name, I want to say Shawna Brooks, but that might be wrong. But I remember I was about to go on stage. I had like one more person before I had to go on stage. And she came off from introducing the girl and she walked up and looked at me. She said, I don't know what this is, but you need to fix it, fix it, and walked away. Mind you, she didn't tell me what to fix or what it was. Mm -hmm. So I'm in the mirror panicking, just touching up everything. Like I didn't know what to fix. And by the time they were getting ready to call me, she looked me up and down and said, okay. And like walked past me and introduced me on stage. Mm. I found out like a month later, it was my pants. They had shifted. I don't know why she couldn't just tell me, fix my pants, but she said, fix it. Mm. And like whisked away from me. But that was like the majority of my experience with the like more seasoned Queens in Atlanta. Like, this is what you gotta do to get your shit together, girl. Even some in St. Louis, like I said, in St. Louis, like they were telling you like, if you want us to take you seriously, give us something to take seriously, stop Mm. playing.
0: Yeah. Like a lot of the stuff that you learned from the Atlanta scene, do you apply as a parent? Like your kid comes in, in an ugly outfit and you're just like, you need to fix this.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> yes. My partner, like, he dress he the way he puts clothes on is very nonchalant. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna throw on colors, fabrics, and patterns. And whatever I go outside in what is what is what I'm going outside in. And he tries to give that spirit to my children, and it's not happening. Just let your kids be camp. No, the answer is absolutely not. mm let them be camp. And they already know, like when they see me, they know to match their colors, their shoes need to match at some point in, in the outfit. My daughter even come up to me like, "Baba, look, I match. And I'm like, yes you do baby, good job. Do not listen to your other
0: father. You are reading toddlers. Yes,
1: yes, my daughter's gonna be a diva. My son is going to be a, my, like, my children are gonna have it together. They are mm. not going to be that flower outfit that I walked off the mm. runway in.
0: But someday they're gonna they're gonna wisen up and so you're gonna be reading them and mm-hmm. they're gonna they're gonna be like, Well, remember what you did on that episode of Drag Race and they're gonna they're gonna throw that in your face. And space. I know
1: I raised them the right way because they're mm. supposed don't let anybody read you that can't read themselves first.
0: Mm-hmm. That, that's gonna be the moment <laughs> that you are just like, You're ready for the you're real ready. world. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Once they throw I remember it back.
1: the first time my daughter told me to get out of her room and I said It's
0: Mama's baby. You know what? This is your space. Yes,
1: this is your room. You're absolutely right. (laughs) (laughs) I am going to leave. I'll be back. But I'm going to leave right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) With all the traveling you've done and like now making yourself more of a staple in the L.A. scene, have you ever thought about going back to St. Louis for old time's sakes or just to perform for the local scene?
1: Absolutely. I don't think so. I
0: don't think anybody in the St. Louis scene knows who the fuck I am? I was wondering, but like a lot of like, there's been a lot of uh Missouri girls that have gone on to Drag Race. I wondered like when you started drag, if you ever brushed against anyone that later went on the show or.
1: No, it's a lot of girls there that I would like to see on the show, but mm-hmm. I don't think any. Like I haven't been, I haven't performed in St. Louis since 2011, and that was my introduction. I don't, I don't know any of the queens there personally. Mm-hmm. That's why I made it a point to like say that I was from St. Louis so somebody can hear that. So maybe they could get that their opportunity too because St. Louis technically is where I got my start. Yeah. And you haven't seen a St. Louis girl on there before me. So I would mm-hmm. love for an actual St. Louis queen to get their opportunity to be on there.
0: For old times say, stop and grounds, go back to that club if it's still around. It's not, it's get, gone, no get, max you, is get gone. Get you a slice like. of a Emo's pizza. You know? Oh, I
1: miss emo so much. <laughs> You don't even understand what you just said. I miss Emo's so much. <laughs> Emo's and chop suey. Let's That's go back, get you a slice. They'll pay for your flight now. I, well, listen, I did tell a promoter visit girl, you got a spot in St. Louis, like, I'm there. Like, let mm. me know.
0: But moving to LA, it wasn't all sunshine and puppies. Like, you had some issues when you came into the scene. Can you tell me about some of the clashes that you had with other queens in the scene?
1: Uh, my clashes did not come until I started asking for money. Oh, there it was. Um, so before performing in LA, I have never in my life heard of a tip spot. Even Mm. when I was at my most busted in Atlanta, somebody was paying me unless I agreed to do the night for free. Mm. So I was running into a lot of situations where I was coming. I was being asked to do shows, not just coming to shows. I was being asked, hey, can you come do this show? And then when I would say, hey, girl, so how much is to pay? It was was met with almost like, who do you think you are? Like, Mm. you ain't. Did what you supposed to, like, girl, you just got here, which I understood, mm-hmm. but I ain't asked you to perform. You asked me, why can't, just, what's $25? Especially, I think what made that worse, cause I thought for a while, maybe I was overstepping a little bit until mm-hmm. I found out some of these girls' budgets and that they were putting them in their pockets.
0: Oh yeah, the open stage night where the host gets five hundred dollars and, and, gr- and the girls get exposure. No,
1: these weren't even open stage night. These were nights where they were like, "I want you, you. I'm casting you, you and you." Mm-hmm. But all I got is a tip spot for you. And then you would come. You before I found out later, these girls are pocketing three to five hundred dollars. Why can't we get at least twenty five? Mm-hmm. That didn't make sense to me. So I had the nerve to ask questions. I put it. I remember putting it on Facebook too. I asked questions like, "Why can't?" I get paid. Like, I thought that was a very valid question. Like, what's the problem? I was being told, who do you think you are? You're very uppity. Girl, you need to pay your dues. You ain't mm-hmm. paid your dues enough. All of that nonsense. And it still didn't make no sense to me. I, I And frankly, a lot of girls didn't work with me for a while after that. Because, you know, I had the nerve to just ask, where's the money? Because y'all got it. Um, mm-hmm. That was the... that was, To be frank, that was the hardest... That was the hardest part. And then it was also a race element when I first moved there. There's a lot of Latinos and there's a lot of white queens. Unfortunately, like, they weren't checking for black girls like that when we first got there. We Mm. almost had to beg to get into these shows and then it will always be one black queen, two, if you're lucky, going into those shows. It just was what it was. And if we said something about that, we needed to be quiet or we were deemed problematic or we were talking to, it was a whole bunch of just politicking that I didn't understand from queens who could not outperform me. Damn, read <laughs> Whole bunch of queens that, like, are shading me now because I got an opportunity that they've been waiting for for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In your time in LA, like, uh, you eventually joined the House of Chate. How did you get involved in that drag house with Calypso, Cornbread, and the rest of them?
1: Me so me and Kyra, um, Kyra is Calypso's oldest daughter. She's younger than all of us, but she's Calypso's oldest daughter.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, me and Kyra in a competition together, and we got to the final four. Kyra lost, um, and I was in the top
0: two. <laughs> I was in the but top two. Jot that down on the Wikipedia page.
1: <laughs> she gonna cuss me out. I was in the top two. And cornbread happened to be there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so when I'm going into the dressing room to get changed to like my finale gal, I can I hear her yell like, Hershey, Harshi. So I turn around, I go, what? what? And she was like, You need help, like getting into your your stuff. I was like, I didn't know her. So I'm like, no, <laughs> girl. So I go back outside, I'm getting ready, and one of the, the queen that was in the top two with me, she said, Oh, you're giving us a little calypso jate tonight. And I said, Who is that? And Calypso, like, grabs my shoulder. I turn around. She goes, oh, honey, that's me. And, like, literally spins away into the Mm. ground. I still, to this day, I don't know what the hell that was. But she, like, spins away into the crowd. And that was the last time Mm. I seen her until, like, maybe a month or two
0: later. She just pirouetted into the distance. Literally. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: Cornbread calls me, like, a week later, maybe more. And she said, Hershey, girl... That save mix, ain't that yours? I said, yeah. She know what mix I'm talking about. Uh, she said, well, this queen is down in Long Beach using it. Do you like? Do you need me to go down there and fight her? I was like, no, cornbread is cool. I gave it to her. It's she could she could use it for that. She was like, oh, okay. I was just checking, and we literally talked like every week since then. Like mm-hmm. literally every week we've talked since then. Like she's been my best friend since then. Now what's ironic about that moment is that she asked to save later when she started doing drag, mm-hmm. and I had to stop using it because everybody thought it was her mix.
0: <laughs> yeah cornbread out here snatched my mix right on up mm-hmm. just taking opportunities and mixes away from local queens because <laughs> she got on drag race she's hot she's hot shit but you know <laughs> but yeah like so, so but with the house of jate though you now have uh with calypso the mother obviously being on legendary now yes. we have you and cornbread both being on drag race what's kyra doing, what's
1: she doing? kyra was on a um 99 cent commercial Oh shit! Okay, so the ninety nine cent yeah, store. Yeah, so we yeah. all been on TV at some point. Celebrities, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here reading somebody. I, I don't think I've even met before. I feel bad.
1: <laughs> I love you, Kyra. Yeah. Oh, I didn't tell you how I ended up in the house. Oh, so there was this house that I was in, that shall not be named because I'm tired of them messaging me. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were they were making me look bad, girl. They were make, they were embarrassing me and making me look bad. Mm-hmm. Um, they were very unprofessional, showing up shows late, showing up show stink uh like musty it look it was bad it was bad for a while and they were my friends so for me like i'm showing up completely opposite of them but i'm Mm. missing opportunities because like if you hanging out with them girls i don't really Mm. they didn't really want me and they booking on top of this this is around the time the whole pay your dues like how you asking for money thing was happening um so cornbread calls me again and she's like girl so what you doing over there in that house I was like, oh, girl, those are my friends. Oh, I don't mind. Like, whatever. Mm-hmm. She was like, no, you need to be around more professional people. Like, do you want to be in the hostage attack? I was like, I mean, I would if Calypso likes me. I ain't really talked to her like that. Now, mind you, this the last time I seen her. She ain't like whisked away into the club.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so she was like, okay, give me five minutes. And she hugged up. I didn't hear from her for the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. Literally, maybe a week or two after that, I get a random text. Okay, you're in the hostage attack. Madre, I ain't seen Calypso mm-hmm. since she whips me in the club, and she just let me in.
0: So. <laughs> just meant to be I guess (laughs) so far as you know she was a ghost she was a phantom and all of a sudden now she's your drag mother she's my
1: drag mama now Mm. and I was like
0: oh okay I don't know how's Jatay they're also involved in ballroom are you involved in ballroom too or
1: I've done a couple but no I'm not in ballroom Mm. like I I think Kyra's Kyra and Calypso are in ballroom and we have our youngest uh, Jate is um, Hazel you don't want walk butch queen or anything Mm -mm. no No. No, like I need to get nerve for that I don't have enough nerve for that like you think drag race is bad, mm-hmm. but ballroom, ballroom will make you question your whole life.
0: See, that's why we need uh, Miss Dontonta Lisachette. Ah, uh, no, we don't her. need her. We definitely
1: don't need her. She's
0: got the energy. She's got the confidence. You know, she's got. She the,
1: has the confidence. Yeah,
0: she's got the spirit. She just
1: don't have anything else to back it up. Yeah,
0: you know, you got the bones are there. You has got, you know, the foundation. It's set. You know it's is it? <laughs> I'd say it was a strong foundation, but you know it's there. It's a ghost foundation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those houses that's like on the stilt. It's the a side bought property. It's a bought property. It's I fi- wouldn't
1: say foundation, it's, it's, but the property is right there. It's a fixer upper. There you go. Yeah.
0: You can flip it. You can flip it. <laughs> But with Drag Race did, did Corbett help you with your audition tape at all? I know you said you didn't put a lot of effort into it, but she, did she help kind of guide you like, hey, don't do this, maybe do this, et cetera. We helped
1: each other. So I made her audition tape um and I made mine, but she helped me through the like question and answer portion mm-hmm. because it's very I like I like bouncing off of people, so she helped me through that portion. Um and she also helped me with my outfits like uh that I put in my tape. Mm-hmm. Uh Corbett has been one of the biggest actually like one of the biggest helpers that I've had this entire time like she walked me through this whole experience so yeah
0: well i may mean, not walked you but you know she helped yeah, you yeah not with that ankle but yeah. she did
1: like assist me through the whole experience right
0: <laughs> and you and you assisted her upstairs and yeah you know yeah just... no
1: i didn't do that <laughs> i didn't help her through that part that was on her she was on her own with that ankle
0: but the past few years have been like a whirlwind for you as i said like you became a parent you really kick-started your drag career got on drag race But with the highs also came like a lot of lows and it was a few years ago that you found out that you were positive with HIV. Yes. How how did you come to that realization? Because I know it wasn't the most typical way for people.
1: Oh no! Um, I was trying to get um, a, a a a little uh, a
0: gift card, gift right? card
1: for Target, <laughs> and walked out with a little bit more. Okay. <laughs> no, my drag mama, she uh, works with uh, Reach LA, um, and they do free testing. So they were trying to get people in to get tested so they could get some funding. I'm assuming Reach LA don't shame me if that's not true. Like, like I just I really feel like that's what the case was because a lot of us was there, mm. um, and I think I was literally the only positive result of the day. Um, like. I shut the whole thing down like I cuz it, it took them the longest to get it together like mm. when they told me that I was positive I just remember like it felt like I was watching myself watch the person cuz I just remember
0: staring at him it's like an out of body experience yes
1: and he like like I like was quiet for so long he freaked out so he kept calling people into the room to check on me but I was just I was present, but I was unresponsive. Like I just was not answering. Like they were they kept asking are you okay? And I'm like, I just remember being like, I I don't I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I feel. I don't I don't know. And everybody was scared. Actually, one of the first people to like help me and get me together, hit name is Bam Bam, they made one of my outfits for Drag Race. Um and I just remember being stunned. And the only thing you could do is go back and go, When, uh, how did this happen? I did, like after I talked to my doctor and he did the math on like my counts like my t-cells and all of that stuff I had had it for a while and I had no symptoms like Nothing, I didn't feel different. I wasn't feeling sickly none of that And he said like if you would have gone another couple of months like it could have gotten Pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Like I'm glad you had no you got this together now. I just remember feeling sunk I remember feeling disgusting. I remember feeling defeated. I remember like I'm me and LaSalle had been together, that's my partner, me and LaSalle had been together at that point for about two years. Mm-hmm. So I could have infect, infected him. Like it just, it was so much going through my mind. I just like shut off. It was really hard. Mm-hmm.
0: Whenever you got the diagnosis, did you assume it was just like a false positive or did that reality set in like immediately or?
1: Kind of both because they retested me immediately, but he retested me without telling me he was retesting me because he looked nervous. And when he like it was a, a a finger prick. So he did it the first time when he saw it. I saw his face kind of go, oh, so that's when it kind of like I said, oh, what's that? Oh, so he was like, let me do your finger one more time. So he did another one and it showed up again. And that's when it like hit me. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean to keep laughing about it, but that's how I get through it. You yeah. know those moments in movies where the camera light like, does this zoom in, but the background is zooming out. Yeah, that's what it felt like. It was like, this is not happening. Mm-hmm. This is not no no. This is not part of my fantasy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah, again, I just remember like, what did uh, Miss Tammy Brown
0: say? Ha, 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 ha. No,
1: but t- you want, t- but you
0: aren't acting. No, i
1: was not acting. No.
0: <laughs> but, but with that, like obviously, it's like such a huge, like devastating news to receive, and it was right in the midst of like so many like positive things that were happening in your life. So, yeah. like, what effect did that have, like rippling through your life at that time?
1: Um, unfortunately, the way I deal with trauma is I work through it. I don't process it. I work through it. So my next mm. question was okay, what do we do now? Like, I don't, I didn't want to think about it. I didn't want to go through it. Like, I was like, okay, where's the doctor? Where's my medication? Like, what what do I do? And fortunately, like Reach LA, like, they had all of that in place. So I, mm. I, I saw a doctor literally the next week and had my medicine and everything together, like, the week after that. Like, I, they were on top of everything. Mm. And my doctor, Dr. Arcus, saying, hi. Like, he's been on top of it ever since. But... um, until I got a therapist like through <laughs> through the show, mm-hmm. um, I wasn't deal- I wasn't taking time to process and deal with it. When it gets too hard, unfortunately, I kind of go, well, I'm just going to work instead. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, no, I have kids to worry about, so I can't think about that right now. Mm-hmm. I got my pills, so I'm fine. Like, I, 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 it took me a long time to take a second and, like, just say, you have HIV. I mm-hmm. couldn't, like, it took me, like, a year before I could even make those words, mm-hmm. like, a thing. Even there was another show I was on at the time and I just kind of like, that was my way of working through it. Like, let me just share my story so I, maybe I'll feel better about it then and it still didn't. It still didn't help. Like it was just very hard to like accept that it had happened to me.
0: Yeah. But as someone that like was diagnosed, is now living with it, but still living like a happy and fulfilling life, like yeah. what would you say to people that have been recently diagnosed or are worried of receiving such a diagnosis?
1: Um, I mean, you can hear the usual stuff like it's not a a death sentence and, you know, we have pills and stuff. Like, I think we all hear that. But I think the most important thing that I wish I would have heard is just take your time to deal with it. Let yourself process and accept that it's real. Because the more you try to ignore it, as weird as this sounds, the sicker you're going to make yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, you're going to make it worse if you don't just accept that this is your reality now and this is what it is. And then go through the process of taking care of yourself mentally. Get your pills, get them pills as soon as you can or your shots as soon as you can, I take the pills. But like, accept that it's real, like ignoring it, saying it's not happening, none of that is gonna help you. Let your your, your mind, body and spirit accept, you know what, this is my reality, it's happened. What do we have to do from here? How do we take, what steps do I have to take from here? That's
0: what I wish somebody would have said to me. All right. This is the last question that I have. Why do you hate Mrs. Seabree so much?
1: Because <laughs> fuck up. That was a traumatizing teacher. Um, I wish you nothing but the worst still. Um, I'm hoping you have a terrible life. You were such a mean person to me. Uh, very mean. Very sadiddy. Um, we were only in third and fourth grade. You tried to teach me that your shirt is a compound word and it is not and I'm never going to forgive you to this day for that because that was 100% that I was supposed to have on that paper that got taken to a 75 and I'm never going to forgive you for that. Um, it's, it's fuck her to the day I die. And I know they say you're not supposed to hold grudges but mm. something about that third, something about that third grade teacher she's really, a, a she accepting. turned something that she, she made something go downhill in my life um, and I wish you nothing but the absolute best of the worst yeah
0: so Mrs. Seabree we wish you well Miss Red,
1: Miss Redmond too
0: I didn't oh forget goodness. about you oh my gosh you can have it out for a lot of people we'll, oh yes we'll, 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 yeah, we'll make the list we'll I just we'll, want to make
1: sure their names were heard
0: yeah we'll open up the burn book make sure they're all in there <laughs> but with that that is my last question the last bit of time that we have but I want to thank you for coming here uh, as we s- stated before you are a proud parent now you are domesticated and I feel like <laughs> With that, you can always use another cookbook, but this one is <laughs> special for you because this is a cookbook for mayonnaise recipes. <laughs> why do you like. Who
1: is giving you this information?
0: Why do you like mayonnaise so much?
1: I don't know, but it is the best thing that's for,
0: ever happened to me. For the record, it's not uh, specialty mayonnaise, it's plain Hellman's mayonnaise. No, it is crafts. Oh, crafts. Crafts. Generic yes. mayonnaise.
1: Mayonnaise is my favorite. I put it on. Literal like Literally everything. Bologna sandwiches, ramen noodles, pizza. Wait, you put it, mayonnaise on ramen noodles? Yes! I put it in my ramen. Like, if you go out and get ramen, I put it in those, like, ramen sauce. Like, it makes a nice little creamy sauce. It's mm. so good. Someone put mayonnaise
0: in ramen, that feels racist. I
1: even... <laughs>
0: uh-uh.
1: I even put that in my Meet the Queens. They ask... What is an unhealthy um, obsession that you have? I say I have an unhealthy obsession with mayonnaise. Like I love square mayonnaise. I, I don't. I don't buy the small jars. I buy the big industrial jars, and I will go through it.
0: Mm-mm.
1: This is so. Thank you so much. You don't even understand what you. Wait till I show this to my partner. Yeah,
0: you're actually going to use it.
1: Yes, I am. You think it's a game? I'm about to.
0: <laughs> like, this, like, like your partner's going to watch this interview and be like, "Fuck." No, you don't understand, literally. (laughs) Like whenever you make food, you have to make like a, a separate thing for you because you like to make it your own way with all the mayonnaise and stuff. So my,
1: I don't cook, Whitney don't cook. Uh, okay. my partner does all the cooking. And then when I put my plate to the side, he literally, at this point, it's where like he makes all, he cooks and then he makes everybody's plates. Mm-hmm. So he makes the kids' plates. It's the looks you get. Not so food. I'm, I'm just
0: imagining mayonnaise and all this food. And I just, I like mayonnaise on like a little turkey sandwich or something, but I can't fathom Absolute just Absolutely. Extra eating. mayonnaise
1: on every, I had a mm-hmm. sub sandwich. I had this uh, turkey sub sandwich today, actually mm-hmm. from Subway, extra mayonnaise. And like, they wanted across. I said, no, please don't be scared to make it sloppy. Just run it across there, girl. Mm-hmm. No, he makes all our plates. And then when he brings my plate, he brings me the jar of mayonnaise and just sits it there. I'm
0: just imagining you like the kid in the peanut butter, but with mayonnaise just on the table, just ah. You know what I'm yeah, talking about? That's
1: me. Yeah. That's me. I, I love, I love this drink. I love mayonnaise. I love
0: that drink. <laughs> You're just drinking mayonnaise out of the jar. I love that drink.
1: And it has to be crafts. Hellman's a second choice. Um olive mayonnaise is cool, mm-hmm. but mm, and then I love Chipotle mayonnaise. Oh, and then girl, if you do brand ma- mayonnaise with ramen noodles, get you some hot I'm sauce. I'm not going to. I'm yes, telling. you need to try it. I'm gonna make you some. Uh, and you get some hot sauce and mix it together. Oh my god,
0: it's gonna be the best thing you ever tasted. I'm gonna make you some. It's the best thing. It's I use like I put it like a little sriracha mayo, but that tastes yes. like that's mostly sriracha though. It just adds a little texture. But, but it's
1: mayonnaise but, too. Yeah.
0: But just mayonnaise. Yeah. No, that's. <laughs>
1: It is so I'm, delicious. I'm very
0: like, understanding of people and their journeys. And I know we all walk our different paths, but that is one I cannot follow you down. But I love that for you. I'm glad you found your happiness. And my <laughs> condolences to the family that now is going to be eating <laughs> mayonnaise recipes for the next month. But yeah, with that, <laughs> that is our conclusion, though. Where can people find you? What do you have going on? Like, what bookings, Do you have any bookings coming up this year? Any tours? I'm assuming you're going to be at DragCon this year. I'm definitely
1: going to be at DragCon. Um... If you look on my Instagram page, because I don't even remember what cities I'm going to, but you can find all the cities that I will be going to and I post them all the time. Please follow me on TikTok because I'm there talking shit all the time. I will be hating on the rest of my season 16 sisters for literally the rest of the season. As you should. um, Because they went further than me, so fuck them. Mm -hmm. That's Um, your right.
0: That's your right as a pork chop queen.
1: Absolutely, hello, come on somebody. Um, And I think that's it. Yeah, I'm just trying to travel and make money right now. Um, Do you have any
0: ideas for like content or music in the either near future or far future? Stuff to look out for? In
1: the far future, there is going to be a podcast slash story for me. I I write a whole bunch of queer stories. I'm going to do it in podcast form where like somebody's going to like.
0: I like The Great Kool-Aid, but kicked up again.
1: Not like grape Kool Aid. Wow, you do like you do some digging. This is insane. I heard that show. uh, Jared is gonna lose his mind. Wow. (laughs) No, it's more so like I don't know. Well, we we wouldn't remember, but like back in the '40s when they used to have the radio shows where people used to do the voiceovers like Mm, on the radio. mm. It's kind of like that, but it's gonna be in podcast forms and it's just queer stories, like. In podcast form instead of like acted out on, sc- on screen because it's much cheaper that way. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. that's very <laughs> true. So yes,
1: that by the end of the year I should have that posted.
0: Yeah. Oh, that, that well, yeah, end of the year. I feel that's what I consider near future. Okay, near know. future. So, yeah, yeah, no, I'm so definitely I'm working on right that right now. now. Yeah, yeah. I definitely say too. Like maybe not bring uh, back Miss uh, Don't but. Maybe get back into like some little skits with cornbread and stuff, you know? I think so. She's been sitting up in do, that bedroom. Yeah. She needs something to get her out of the house again. So maybe doing like some little skits She and stuff. does. Mm. She does. She getting lazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and are, are all your socials the same too? The same handle for everything? Hershey LaCour, yep. Hershey LaCour. Mm-hmm. Easy enough. And
1: also, I will be coming out with my own mayo recipes book for you all to try yeah,
0: at home. To, once she tweaks these recipes, she's going to have her own book. So everybody can try their own mayo
1: recipes at home. As a matter of fact, Manny Morpheus will be the first to try it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'll also be, be the first one to physically throw up on camera. <laughs> See, your, your exit line should have been, it's Mayo. <laughs> oh, that's the name of your book. It's Mayo. It's Mayo. It's mayo. <laughs> but that's where you can find Hershey and you can find me right here. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And join us next time whenever we have... Somebody else. Somebody else. Fan <laughs> of the show. <laughs> and yeah, till then. Bye, guys. ASMR. Give it to Me Straight is brought to you by Moguls of Media, aka Mom. Hosted, produced, and edited by me, Matty Morphosis. Audio editor Margot Padilla. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Big Dipper, and Joe Cilio. Yeah, 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 yeah.